I mean, I feel like one thing that we could do is we could just say words so that people could sort of guess when we've recorded this. Sure. You wanna, I, you when I when I speak, I often use words. <laughs> well, yes, but like sp- the the specific words that we would choose would be the thing. What? So, so do you want me to go first so I can <laughs> give you an idea? Do. Oh, okay. All right. All right, you ready? I I am ready. Christmas Eve. I don't, I don't understand. Do you want me to go again? <laughs> yes. Omicron. I th- maybe those are the only two words. I think I, w- <laughs> I was hoping we could take turns, but I think maybe I just did it for both of us. That's a, I, I just want to point out that that's three words. <laughs> well, if you want to get really technical, it was like two words and a letter. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Honestly, like um, all things right and musical listeners do not want to hear us talk about coronavirus anymore. I mean, no, nobody wants to talk about it anymore, but here we are. Yeah. 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 So how are you doing? You doing good? I I am, yeah. Okay. I mean, we're, we're um, thankfully in a place that's been spared uh, significant effect of Omicron so far. All so, right. All um, right. So do you feel like... I mean, do you genuinely feel like you're kind of getting Christmas in under the wire? Or do you also have like a looming foreboding that everybody who just comes to this Christmas thinking that they're getting in under the wire is going to be exposed in some way? Well, the the way that I feel about it, I, I mean, so I'll, I'll preface this by saying two things. One, we're to the point in this pandemic where I think everybody knows by now that... Um, well, it's a global pandemic. That doesn't mean everybody is at every, as at an equivalent stage of the pandemic at every moment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So, I've seen a lot of sweeping statements um, out there, and the difficulty is that there are a lot of there are just a whole lot of different contexts. Yeah, um, and so every everybody's in a different situation. That's that's one thing, and the other is. I also I think. And, and this is—I say this without any any blame or finger pointing or anything—but um, we, for the longest time, we were looking at sort of some some certain measures about this pandemic. We were looking at case counts, and we were looking at how many people are actually sick with this, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 now that the vaccine is widespread, now that um, now that we have a lot of different variants out there, I I, I don't know that that's any more the most helpful way of looking at it or the most uh, meaningful way of looking at it. And so I've been paying, trying to pay more attention to hospitalizations, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. to serious illness, that sort of thing. Yeah. Because even though uh, Omicron can spread pretty easily among the vaccinated, um, it does not seem to be causing severe illness among the vaccinated at anything like the rate. Right. You know, the, the, right. the vaccine still, still seems to have long-lasting protection against serious illness sure it won't keep you from getting sick with omicron sure. necessarily yeah i mean yeah yeah like for the first time now 
I mean, I just, uh, the way my kind of internal monologue with myself is like, well, it sounds like if I actually get Omicron, which is kind of more likely now than ever, right. um, it won't be that bad. Right. Yeah. Right. And so um, I haven't done a deep dive on the numbers, and I'm, I'm hoping to do that this afternoon a little bit more. But uh, but I don't know. I'm just at this point where I understand that we've been, that we've spent almost two full years now mm-hmm. um, looking at one specific metric for this. Mm-hmm. And so the temptation is to look at that and to see rising case counts and go. Well, that's that's the really oh, interesting no. thing, isn't it? Because like I haven't really had time to process the the change that we're going through. I mean, because I've been so preoccupied on Christmas coming up. Um, we're we're I think it's safe to say we're entering a new phase of the pandemic, given that yeah. we we have a new variant that just became. I mean, wasn't it just yesterday that the CDC announced that it was the predominant uh, variant in the United States? Uh, it might be. Yeah. It's it's up to. I mean, it really. It was like a, a, an insignificant percentage of cases in the U.S. three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and now it's something like seventy-two or seventy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that I think that number floored a lot of people when it came out. Yeah. Um, but that's also sort of what we knew would happen, and I think, you know, I I I, st- I feel this kind of sense of like under the wire with Christmas. Um, not that I feel pressured to like do Christmas. Um, but I just think that's kind of how the timing is going to shake out for us Yeah, is that, you know, we are going to do Christmas and I think there will be, I mean, the unspoken, the, I'm going to speak it, the unspoken assumption about that is I think, you know, there will be some, uh, some infected people there. That's just sort of the nature of this variant. Sure. Um, so, you know, wearing masks, taking other precautions, I, I don't, I hope that we, we will even with even with Omicron, I hope we will avoid a super spreader event. But I don't know that for sure. Right. I also don't know that you know anyone has has voiced any kind of like, yeah. Just just given the fatigue with where people are, and given mm-hmm. given where where we were with Christmas a year ago. Yeah. And given how much I think people have been um, kind of banking on like coming mm-hmm. coming home for Christmas this year, you know, doing doing it for real, doing it inside doing it with choir in, in my case, doing it with the organ. Um, no, no one's, yeah, it's, it's a mixture of like, we don't think that this causes severe disease. We don't, we don't believe that this causes as severe disease. And we're also just like really ready to do this. So it's, it's kind of, yeah, I'm rambling here, but it's like, you know, our, our risk tolerance has been evolving for the last, um, many months. You know, all, all of this is all of this has led us to this point. It's just I, I find it just very interesting yeah. here on Christmas Eve and, that, and, that, you know, it feels very different than it did like even a week ago. Yeah. And this and, and so it's a, I mean, it's a difficult thing. It's a very complicated calculus. And I want to be clear, I'm, I'm not trying to prescribe anything for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, I, I just want anybody who's listening out there and making difficult decisions about this. I just want you to know, I don't, I don't think in this case there's a wrong one. If you're, if you're going ahead with Christmas Eve services, unless you're in a locality where, um, you know, the, the hospitals are full up to capacity and, and they're, you know, asking people not to gather, um, I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I do think we have to, we, we sometimes have a very, limited understanding of what is a normative experience Mm -hmm. of worship Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. we're saying 
most people won't get seriously ill from this, and that's true. Um, there are people who are immunocompromised, people who, who have um, prior health conditions who are much, much more susceptible. Mm-hmm. And so if you're planning to go ahead with in-person worship as planned, I think that one of the things that we have to do is, is take great pains to uh, be very careful to include everyone not necessarily in that liturgical moment, but to, to make sure we know there's some people who can't be there, who for health reasons are not able to be there. Yeah. And we don't want them completely left out in the cold either. Right. Um, right. And so how are we gonna how are we gonna make sure that they are able to celebrate the incarnation too? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. We're gonna we're we're gonna release this podcast, I guess, on December 23rd. So uh, if people even listen to this before Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think their decisions have been made already. I think. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Although there have been places that have been making decisions just within the last day or two. And I think, I mean, I just don't think that, uh, I think in most places there isn't necessarily a wrong decision to be made. Right? Right. We're at a point where... It's, I, I don't, I, I absolutely understand where people say this community is in, is in dire enough straits or has, has significant enough spread or, or, or um, significant enough hospitalization numbers that we, we can't in good conscience gather together. I, I think we're past the point in the pandemic where we can, where we can say, if you, if you dare gather in person, you're killing your people. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is it is very complicated. I mean, we're not here to give medical advice, and we're not even right. we're not even here to give like, you know, uh, logistical advice. I, I mean, right. I, I think these are these are complicated decisions for everyone, and yeah. and the the just the overarching reality is that it's another Christmas in which um, there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of anxiety on the part of clergy and staff yeah. and the congregation that attends. I mean, there's going to be a lot of anxiety on the on the on the part of everyone yeah yeah it's 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 fraught i think in some ways it's even more it's even more complicated it's even more difficult a decision than it was this time last year yeah i agree um yeah for for us last year was pretty cut and dried it was like yeah this is this is bad and it's getting worse and and we're unvaccinated so yeah that's not where we are right now I mean, it, it's not, it's it, not. And that's not to make light of people's concerns. And it's not to say that every place should go ahead with in-person worship. Um, but I just think there's a high degree of variability. There are a lot of people trying to make their best decisions. And the reality is, I think we're at a point where, well, where we, we are all going to try and do the best that we can. Is there a way to turn this conversation away from COVID? <laughs> yes, let's. Because, like, what else is there to talk about, honestly? Well, yeah. So kind of recognizing recognizing that, like, you know, the ongoing global pandemic provides a backdrop to our thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, what, el- what else is there to think about this Christmas? <laughs> 
We could think about the incarnation. Oh, yes, that. <laughs> Let's talk about Christmas. Christmas carols. What, Chris, what uh, Christmas carols are you singing this year? Uh, so we're doing a, we're we're hitting all the highlights um, over the course of Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and Christmas one and two. Nice, nice. So Eve, we're doing um, O Come All Ye Faithful. Well, uh, I, I feel like I need to call you out on this. Okay. Are you singing "Hark the Herald Angels Sing" on Christmas Eve? No. Okay. I just, I just like, we're we're singing that on Christmas Day. Okay, I just wanted to get that that elephant into the room. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, why? Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe I maybe I'm like the most uncreative person in the world about Christmas planning. Uh-huh. But for me, like the bookends to my service, uh, when I when I've been involved in choosing the hymns, mm-hmm. have always been, "Oh, come all you faithful," at the beginning, uh, sure, and "Hark the Herald Angels Sing" at the end. I don't disagree. I tend to alternate every other year. Mm-hmm. So people expect O Come All Ye Faithful to be the opening hymn. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's like, that's one that you right, of the two. I think that's Christmas the, Eve is not the time to get cute. Right. I well, don't well think. no, cute is cute is one thing, but um I think I think there are definitely alternatives. You could propose alternatives to any of these, but I just um for me, I have to acknowledge like my my personal rigidity and just saying, okay, I know that these two go here. Let me let me think about what goes in the middle. <laughs> right. Well, but and, but, and, but and not the, not even the, that because like Silent Night is also another fixed piece sure. of the evening. So exactly, I, I'm very uncreative with him planning as it I know, turns out. and this is this is the way it always is, right? Yeah. But but I'll say, Hark the Herald Angels Sing is one of two options to close the liturgy for me. Okay. What do, what do you consider to be the other? Joy to the world. Okay. That's interesting. So why do you like Joy to the World on Christmas Eve? Because because I think a lot of people like it. I mean, I've had, th- those are the ones that people want to sing. Oh, sure. Yeah. So so the way that I uh, get... And, and actually, I'll go even further. Uh-huh. I've heard more... You don't often get complaints, but you will hear some people say, Oh, I wish we had sung such and such. I have more people in the years I've used Hark... The herald angels sing at the end of the service. I've had more people say, "I wish we sang Joy to the World," or or say, "I want the service to end with Joy to the World." Than I have the reverse. Interesting. Well, and maybe maybe that's kind of my reason for like not changing it. Is like then mm-hmm. then people won't complain because they just know oh, like that's what we do. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. So, it, it, and I love I love Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Yeah, so it's not yeah. it's nothing against that hymn. But something gets left out. Well, here's right. Okay, here's the litmus test, Ian, and and I understand that you, you like you've probably put all this to bed, and it's too late to change it for you this year. But sure. I would sure. like I would like you to ponder this in your heart. Uh-huh. Is there a Wilcox descant to joy to the world? To joy to the world? Yeah. I, not that I'm aware. Right. Of. Not that I'm aware of either. Uh-huh. So can Is you? Is there to hark? Yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Like a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, I, uh, I I know the Wilcox. Uh, oh, come all you faithful! Obviously. And trust me, you you would know the Wilcox to hark. I'm sure I if you heard did. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm yeah, being yeah. I'm being a little bit. I'm being very facetious, actually. Can I tell you how I incorporate um, joy to the world into my liturgy? Please do. So uh, we have an offertory anthem, and then at the presentation, we actually sing two stanzas from Joy to the World. Um, oh, huh. in, in our in our congregation, we typically sing a doxology, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hymn three eighty, stanza three. Uh, during much of the year, we sing that. Sure. On Christmas Eve, we sing "Joy to the World." That's that's not bad. Yeah. 
and, and I know it's not the whole thing, but like you know, it gets it gets it it gets it, it gets the blood pumping. Yeah, there you go. Our presentation hymn is to "Lost uns Erstfreuen." Really, you're using that tune at Christmas. I, I, we no, are no judgment, no judgment. Because <laughs> you're you're using that undoubtedly to to do the doxological um, praise Correct. praise God from whom all blessings flow text Correct. with Alleluia's. Yeah, I'm, yes. No, I, I endorse that. That's good. All right. I endorse that. So the other the other thing I think works really well for a presentation hymn, and this one, you know, I don't want to chop up. I want to sing the whole thing. Is um, God rest you, merry gentlemen? Because how does what, that? How does that? What it, about it? It has it has like a presentation kind of quality to it. Um, I'm trying to think how that ends and why it is that I associate that with the presentation. Huh. Interesting. Because they're they're talking about. They're talking about kneeling before the Lord. And then the final stanza, now to the Lord sing praises, all you within this place and with true love and I'm going to say brotherhood because that's the word in charity, charity. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Each other now embrace this whole. And so th- I think that would speak about almsgiving to, to a degree, which is par- sure. part of what we're about at the presentation. Sure. Yeah. Um, also, the last verse of In the Bleak Midwinter. Yeah, 100%. That's a little bit, that's more subdued sure. musically, but yeah, you could you could 100% do that. Yeah. Um, one of the neatest things I ever did on Christmas Eve, oh, it's been too long. I think I have to put this down for next year. Like, I have to change all my plans for next year now. Uh-huh. See Amid the Winter's Snow. Hmm. Um, it can be sung by the choir, but... Um, the 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 John Goss carol that's very familiar, I I know that it it appears in some hymnals. Rarely it appears in hymnals, so it can actually be sung. I mean, there's nothing to prevent it being sung by the congregation, um, especially that very last stanza. Teach, O oh, teach us, holy child, by thy face so meek and mild, teach us to resemble thee in thy sweet humility. And there's there's something really there's something really thrilling about everybody standing to sing those words. Um, at at the offertory, at the presentation, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of it's, it. Doesn't it doesn't speak to it um, directly? It's not a doxology, but it is. I think it is kind of a really uh, a really neat fit. Drifting now, thinking about joy to the world as a presentation, which I don't, I don't dislike. Okay. Although I, I would have, I, I don't have trouble trimming verse three. I do have difficulty trimming verse four. Oh, don't tell me that because I don't have to. Oh, well, I don't, I don't trim verse four. I do one and four is what I do. Oh, one and four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, which you know, not great, but it, it is a psalm paraphrase, so you're kind of, uh, you're just kind of choosing verses of a psalm is what you're doing. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to suggest. Um, I just want to let you know in my bulletin it says it is, and then in parentheses, very loosely based on Psalm 9. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, loosely based. <laughs> um, 
I, I'm going to, I'm going to say something provocative. I would oh, encourage, I would encourage you next year to sing uh, joy to the world in um, Advent. You would, would you? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think, just cause? Yeah, just because the, the only the only thing that's really problematic about that is the first line, which is Christmas. The Lord right. is come. Right. Because beyond that, let earth receive her king. Yeah. Let every heart prepare him room. Um, and then no more let sins and sorrows grow. Well, I mean, so this is the thing. He this rules the, the world about... with truth and grace. I think that's that. You know, that that's, that could be kind of Adventy. Yeah, I mean, but so could virtually every Christmas hymn, really. Yeah, true. Yeah, no, I think I mean, there's a reason it's in the Christmas section. Although hymnal trivia, it was not in the Christmas section in the, in the hymnal 1940. Did you know that? Was it not? No, it was not. Where, where was it? Was it was in general hymns. Huh. Our podcast listeners must be so bored. We just told the same stories all all the time, which is great because because we both forget each other's stories. So that's fine. Um, I'm I'm just yeah. Joy to the world. It's hymn three nineteen in the hymnal nineteen forty, and um, I I believe it's printed. I think it's printed with two tunes. Wait, let me check on this. Uh, nineteen forty. Nope, I think it's printed with one tune in the nineteen forty. Mm-hmm. And that tune is Richmond. So, joy <laughs> so to the world, the Lord is come. And I think if you sing it to Richmond, then it's definitely an Advent hymn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let earth receive her king. So, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, next year I'll, uh, I'll put Hark the Herald Angels Sing in there for you. How's that? That sounds great. I can't wait. But the trouble, so the, part of the reason we do the doxology to Last Ones Erzfreien is because um, then we can stick with the same one. If you use Joy to the World as a presentation at Christmas mm-hmm. Eve, mm-hmm. you're not using that the whole Christmas season. Well, you're not, but who who has a problem singing Joy to the World? Like, yeah, so what if it's a one-off? It's one that people sure. know, you know? Yeah. And I think, likewise, Last Ones Erzfreien is one that people know. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, on, on those grounds, I would say you're, you're justified in, in doing something for a short term. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. We've, we've both done some significant planning for Christmas 2022. This is great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what uh, communion hymns are you using? Um, Christmas. Christmas Eve. We've limited it to one. I'm not anticipating um, a big congregation. Okay. Really at either service. And, and, and honestly, uh, when we have the choir, the choir is going to be singing two carols on their own during communion. So that okay. just, that just kind of leaves us with silent night as the communion hymn. Oh, yeah. and, but you're doing that during communion. Well, no, I mean, we're, we're sure. going to say the, I think the way we do it at St. Peter's is we say the post communion prayer mm-hmm. and then lights go down and, and we start doing silence. We start singing silent night. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it's, um, I, I don't know, I don't actually know how widespread the, you know, lighting a candle and singing Silent Night is. It's, uh, every congregation I have been in has done it. Is that true, Ian? Because you were in, you were in St. Peter's. Yeah. Did we do that your first Christmas? Maybe we did it your first Christmas. Um, but I think it would have been 2018 was maybe the first year that St. Peter's lit candles during that hymn. No, that's not possible. It is, it's very possible because I was there for... Um, three, yeah, but I got three there in Christmases. 2016. Well, then that means that you were there for some Christmases without candles, my friend. 
Not, that's not true. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> because I was gone by Christmas 2018. Well, I, you know, I cannot recall the year that we introduced it, but we did introduce it during my tenure, which began in 2015. Yeah, I think I, maybe 2016 was the first year, but I'm I'm pretty sure that we did it every year I was there. Okay, that could be. I, I it, it could have been maybe only one Christmas that I did without the candles. Could be. It, it felt like more. <laughs> <laughs> you felt the felt the lack. I mean, I guess. You? I, you know, there, there's so much there's so much that happens in liturgy, and I my excuse is always like I I don't know I'm busy I'm playing the organ I'm conducting the right. choir I have no idea right. what's, I have no idea what's happening, sure. and I really don't. I'm, I'm a pretty bad liturgist when it comes down to it. Let me ask you. Let me ask you something potentially provocative. Please. Have you heard a lot of controversy over the hymn, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen? Uh, no, I have not. Should I have? Um, I, it was news to me this year, but I heard that there are some places that are, um, that are very anti that hymn because of the lack of inclusive language in the mm. first line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder what the... I mean, it's, is it the, the words say London Carol, 18th century... Um, so I, I would have to just kind of dive into the specifics on like, you know, who's meant to be the narrator of this carol and who's meant to be the receiver. Right. But that, that definitely is a carol genre. Like there's another carol that comes to mind, Masters in This Hall. Mm-hmm. It's a really sprightly, fun thing to sing. But that, that likewise seems to be addressed to an all-male an all um, audience, as it were. Sure. Yeah, so that's that's definitely part of the carol shtick. I, I don't know. Yeah, but you know, you and I have been talking about enough enough options that if you want to go into if you want to go into another choice, I'm not sure that you would need to do um, "God Rest You Merry Gentlemen" ever again if you didn't want to. Yeah, I mean, there's there's enough in there, especially when you get into some of the like Anglican favorites that are not necessarily as universally popular. Mm-hmm. but are very, very popular in Anglican circles, quite possibly because of kings. Mm-hmm. Um, like once in Royal City, um, the snow lay on the ground mm-hmm. in the bleak midwinter. Can I tell you a Christmas hymn that I've never done? Well, I, actually, I, maybe I did do it one year. That I, I, I think I've, I've maybe only done once in my life, and I'm, I'm eager to do again. Uh-huh. And that is hymn 106. So it's it's a, the the hymn that follows God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. Oh and, yeah. And the hymn in 1982. Mm-hmm. I just I just find this to be really charming and lovely and and entirely unknown. Mm-hmm. Um I saw uh some footage of a service, a Christmas Day service uh in Westminster Abbey one year. And um you know, the, the Abbey was comfortably full but not overflowing like you imagine mm-hmm. it was on Christmas Eve and so it has sort of the like the happy energy of Christmas day, like, Hey, we've, we've done the big stuff and now we got to, now we get to celebrate one more mm-hmm. t- one more time before we go home. Sure. And so it was just, it was just sort of really joyful and, and sparkling and sprightly and uh, sprightly is the wrong word, but um, just really joyous. And uh, because it's so, because it's so unknown, I think it, it could really, it could really surprise people and, and um, kind of fill them with Christmas cheer if it were, especially if it were led by a, by a, 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 if it were led confidently by a choir, sure. Uh, that day, it. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. It seems 
quite lengthy. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and there's one where you might want to take advantage of the starred stances. Right. Right. Um, but even if you do, that's still four verses. Cause you, you look 10, at them, 10, 10, 10, 10, I was going to say, yeah, you just look at that metrical in, index and you're like, Oh, that's a long one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you a hymn that I hate? Please do. And we're, we're doing this here because I don't play favorites. Um, Are you, if you say a stable lamp is light, <laughs> just be be prepared to in, face a mutiny in, among in, our listeners. Incur your wrath. No, that's not <laughs> no, that not one. mine. I, it's I'm I'm fine with it. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, I well, hymn one hundred and four, a stable lamp is lighted, is one that um, you know I really had the joy of discovering when I when I got my hands on a on an Episcopal hymnal. It's like, oh my gosh, what is this? This is really different and cool. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the one that I kind of loathe, um, and, and I, I feel guilty about it because I feel like I should, I should be able to, maybe I should be able to play it better or understand it better so that I liked it, is it came upon a midnight clear. To, I think you mean it came upon the midnight I, clear. You know, I'm literally reading the words and I said it wrong. It, it came upon. Uh, I was I was checking the the name of the hymn tune as I said it. It came upon the midnight clear to the hymn tune carol, uh, hymn eighty nine. I just I hate that hymn, and so with um, with about twenty four hours to go, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish writing a uh, altered harmony and descant um, for that hymn and see if I can convince myself to like it a little bit more, or just or just to look forward to it a little bit more. I just I don't I don't know what it is. I feel. I feel like it needs something this year, so I'm going to add to it. Um, this is the, this is sort of the last thing that I have to prepare for Christmas is this descant for the choir. I I don't mind that, and I um, I think I'm actually using that in Christmas Eve um, as a communion hymn. Don't quote me. No, okay. I lied. I'm not. Okay. Um, I I don't know. It's fine. I, there, there are worse ones, I think. Well, tell me, tell me one that you loathe and would never do. Uh, I mean, so other than the other than the really weird ones, like so. When I say really weird one, like sing oh sing this blessed morn, like I'm sure it's a fine hymn, but nobody wants to hear that. Y- yeah, but I mean, I think there's a difference between like. A hymn that we all <laughs> feel ambivalent about uh-huh. um, versus like a hymn that you just can't stand. Um, I'll tell, hold on. I know, I know what I'm thinking of and I can't think of it. Hold okay. On. Okay. Um, you can do this. I have faith in you. Because <laughs> uh, sing, oh, sing, oh, ble- this blessed morn, like, you know, it's fine. Um, oh, so this, yeah, here it is. Okay. I, I don't know why you couldn't think of this. But it's to me, this is one that's just sort of schmaltzy and fluffy mm-hmm. uh, away in a manger. Oh, really? Yeah, Ooh, I don't love it. That is controversial. It is. And, and I'm not judging it, but in terms of, I mean, you've got some Christmas hymns that have some really rich incarnational theology. And away in a manger is not one of them. Well, but I think Away in the Manger fits into that genre of like lullaby carol. 
Like you're sure. you're kind of singing the baby to sleep there. Mm-hmm. Hence mm-hmm. the the tune name for that one, cradle song. Yeah. So I mean, I think there's a place for it. I think communion is a place for it. Uh, I, I've used I've used to I think great effect, um, the David Wilcox arrangement of that carol. Um, we the choir has sung that at communion on Christmas Eve before, and that's that's felt very special. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fine as a communion hymn, but I think there are others that are much much richer theologically mm-hmm. that are still roughly as familiar or could be. But we can't we can't eat filet mignon all the time. Like we got to have a salad every now and then. Uh, agree to disagree. <laughs> I so I, I it's interesting to me that you can't stand that one. I cuz I think I think there's a place for it. Like if you do you know, if you do like a nine lessons in carol service, Sure. And everything sung by the congregation. Well, you want to you want to have one that's a little bit slower and a little bit softer. Sure, but there are. I mean, there are other ones like that, right? The first Noel. Well, that one is. Um, no, I'm hot on I'm hot and cold on that one because like you're literally singing the same melody three times, just uh-huh. just just in the course of one stanza. That's fair. But so, I mean, it so makes it do, real familiar. It's real familiar. Do the math. <laughs> do the math on three times six, and you're singing that melody eighteen times by the time you've yeah. done that hymn. Yeah. Uh, I'm lying to you. That the refrain is a little bit. Wait, wait a minute. Is it different at all? Nope, it's not different at all. So it's like literally the same melody, yep. eighteen times. You th- you think that I would know? Uh, I would know information like that after after. Uh, love came down at Christmas. Also somewhat subdued. Yeah, and that I feel like that one was in vogue for a while. Like I had never sung, I had never sung it, and then all of a sudden I sung it like every year. Yeah. Um, what child is this that serves that same role pretty mm-hmm, well? Mm-hmm. I but, mean, there. But that's a that's I, a great that's a great that. carol, and I, I noticed I mean, it is. you're doing that one this year, and I think the 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 kind of the kind of whiff of incense that you get with <laughs> the the epiphany there at the end, I think is just wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And yeah. And so we should, are, we should hasten to point out like, you know, I don't think there's any pressure to use that on Christmas cause it, it works equally well in epiphany. Sure. Yeah, sure. And that's a, so this is the thing. Like, I, I just feel like, um, I, I just, I don't, again, I don't mean this as a judgment on people who really like away in a manger, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't see what it adds. Hmm. Well, and this is this is the thing, isn't it? Is like, we don't know where people are any given year, um, mm-hmm. and so we we do try to offer a, you know, the kind of the kind of old standby favorites that they expect to sing. Sure. But also, yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it behooves us to to vary the um, to vary the music list from year to year because you never know. Right. You know, maybe there was one that you needed to hear, or maybe there was one you needed to sing, and I think that's the. Right. That's the sort of the wonderful problem about having all this good Christmas music, both both sung and choral, both in the hymnal and in the carol book. I mean, there's just there's just a, an abundance of riches. Can we? I'm, I don't mean to go off on a tangent here. And um... uh, Father Lash, you and I have discussed before that what is the point of having a podcast if not to go off on tangents? Right. Well, I'm going to have to leave here in a minute. I know. But... I know. But I just want to point out how indignant I am that the the hymnal 1982 version of "O Come All Ye Faithful" 
is the version that literally no one expects to hear. And we'll probably, especially if you have a choir, will probably be a little bit mad if you sing the <laughs> hymnal version. Okay, so that is a tangent, but it's a big enough one because you're right. It's like it's like problematic. And further, yeah. let's add on to that conversation, which we need to have in the future. I think I think this needs to be a separate episode, mm-hmm. and we should release it in June just to like confuse people. <laughs> um, the equally equally maddening, I think, or, or per- perhaps even more so, is the reordering of the words in the hymn hark the herald angels sing from from the original yeah what uh what what's what's rearranged every everything like it's bad it doesn't work and 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 the way the way that it's sung um you know everywhere else is better in my opinion yeah yeah so no we we definitely need to talk about that and um, i can't wait to talk about Christmas carols with you <laughs> this summer. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Thanks for joining us in July. Yes, I agree. Oh, July. Yeah, we'll make it a July episode. There you go. Thanks for joining us today for this um, basically Christmas Eve episode of All Things Right and Musical. If you've enjoyed this episode where we talk about the coronavirus, of course, and also talk about Christmas hymns, we hope you'll tell us about it. You can find us on the web at writeandmusical.org. That's spelled R I T E and musical.org. And you can follow us basically everywhere on social media, and we hope you do, and we'd love to wish you a Merry Christmas uh, when you weigh in. So um, Merry Christmas, everybody. A spe- Merry Christmas. A special thanks and a Merry Christmas to our generous patrons who support this show on Patreon. Thanks again for listening. Stay safe. Have a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next time. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank mm-hmm. you.